2: Now, here's a message from friends of the show.
3: Hi, I'm Conan Liberian and I don't have a podcast. I do, however, like most of us have the need for a place to store, organize, customize and create my tabletop campaigns, thoughts and ideas. That's why you should check out obsidianportal.com. Customization that will match any need you have, a fantastic community and an experience in and of itself that will get your players engaged not just during the session. ObsidianPortal.com Your players don't just stay at the tavern. Why should your game just stay at the table? ObsidianPortal.com
2: Welcome everybody to today's episode. Really excited to go ahead and start our next series of shows with a friend that we happened to meet back at a catacomb this past fall, which is really great. Uh, but before we go ahead and introduce them, Mr. Miller, Mr. Myers, good evening. Uh, how are you this fine Tuesday evening? I am doing
0: wonderfully thank you good evening to you good evening glenn i have had an epic week and a half of gaming had the grand pleasure of running a culmination event for two of my ongoing home campaigns both of the sentinels of the north and the barstock chronicles both are part of my land of 18c's campaign world that i talk about all the time the northerners campaign uh, the civil war came to an end they defeated the king they crushed the bad guy the evil entity that was mechanizing if such a word exists in the background got his monologue out and took off for parts unknown so there's a Seed for a Future campaign. The Barstock group, similar thing. In the ruins of a castle above their hometown, they defeat the enemy. They stop this huge ritual. Got to do that live in, at a table at Citadel Game Cellar. We had all kinds of terrain out there. Epic. Like It was like seven hours I was in, in the shop. Yeah, and we were for a while. Everybody had great moments. It was just awesome. When that group got together, my youngest son was 10. He and my buddy's son, Nick, are now 17. Both are about to turn 18, about to graduate high school. And this game has been part of their lives for all of that. And that's just pretty amazing to me. The other one I took from an online convention, just people like signed up for a table I was running, have become wonderful friends. And we've just had a grand time. And yeah, can't
1: beat it. This is just why we do the thing.
2: Yeah. How about you, Glenn? How are things down in... The, you're still in Virginia Beach, right?
1: I am, at least for now. Next yep. week, we are making the jaunt we, a little further south. Tonight. Spoilers. You know, oh, my bad. We, we don't we, want to tell people in advance. We a have no idea raiders, where we're going to be. Week. Yeah. Well, that's- <laughs> but I've been doing well. I've been to a place called Snakes and Lattes here in Virginia Beach. Uh, twice now. The first night, my son and I got into their learn to play Commander Magic, where I learned to play the Commander format because I'd never played it before. He already knew how, and we had a great time together. But I went back there with my wife and my sister-in-law just for general gameplay because they have a membership. But if you're somebody who just comes in for the one night, they have a $6 base fee per person that gives you unlimited access to every game on their giant wall of, try this. Until they close. Nice. And it's got a system with little color stickers telling you green, yellow, and red for easy to learn and quick to play to moderate to complex because it's got everything from games like Scattergories to full on strategy games. But we went through and tried a whole bunch of new games that were so much fun. My favorite of which is a game called The Night Cage. Have any of you heard of it? No. Lou, tell me more. So this is a cooperative four-person game and it was fantastic it's got effectively a grid like a checkerboard and you start out on a square and you only have a candle so it illuminates your square and the squares that you have passages opening to on it's randomly like if you're making a random dungeon out of tiles and it's constantly shifting so every time you take a step the spaces outside of your circle of candlelight go out oh no And if you were to step back in the same direction, it would be a different tile tile? that was picked. Oh, that's cool. And there's only so many tiles in the game. You have to cooperatively make it through this ever-evolving maze. Each of you has to have a key, and there's five keys. And then all of you have to be on the same gate, and there are four gates, in order to win. But each time you step on a gate that you don't have keys for, and then step away from it, it disappears and never comes back. Oh, no. So you can actually watch the game play out and know you can't win anymore and call it at that point because you've lost your last gate or if you run out of tiles. And then there's wax monsters that'll attack if you move and they put out your candle and there's a whole different set of mechanics for when you're in the dark. Oh. And now the only tile is the one you're standing on. Jeez. Oh, and it was so much fun. And it's got my game design mind spinning with alternative systems that i could build out of a little random generator tile game like mm. that could be so much fun but it was fantastic so if you get the opportunity to try it i highly recommend the night cage
2: so that that sounds awesome, Glenn. I, I'm going to go ahead and check that out because I've been really into collaborative board games anyway lately. So that sounds really interesting. Without any further ado, let us go ahead and roll on with the rest of the show as much as we could talk about board games all night long. We want to introduce everybody out there to a friend that we met at a Catacomb this past year, spent a bunch of time with, had a lot of fun with, Spencer from Bud Stuff Games. Welcome to Tabletop Journeys. It's nice to see you again, man.
3: Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we are uh, going to be talking tonight and for the, for the next few weeks here on the show, we're going to mm. be featuring uh, the game that you've got coming to Kickstarter very soon, uh, We Can Be Heroes. So give us the elevator pitch. So uh, what is We Can Be Heroes? Let's let's start with kind of the top level question. Who uh, are you? So, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so We Can Be Heroes. It's a fast-paced, hard-hitting superhero TTRPG. We wanted it to be fun, explosive, accessible. It's been a blast to develop and try to stay on task of, all right, let's make this just fast, fun, and explosive. That Those are the three words we live by for We Can Be Heroes.
2: Yeah, we had so much fun sitting down at your table and playing. And as three Pretty dynamic players. We found the gameplay was super fast. It was very effective. And man, you guys were just an awful lot of fun to play with too. Watching your brains like melt a little bit as we're playing through the adventure was, oh God, we just broke them. Uh oh. Yeah,
1: and a big takeaway for me was that it like really captured that comic book superhero storyline yes. feel everything from the environment to the story and the things you're interacting with. Yeah. And it was a whole lot of fun to play a superhero in that style of environment as opposed to going for the ultra gritty real world experience or something right. like it was a blast yeah. yeah
0: yeah as a comic book collector for nearly all of my <laughs> life like i started collecting comics when i was four years old and i am a huge fan of the concept of a true four color comic book style that doesn't mean other styles aren't fun some of that galactic hero stuff or or even that gritty daredevil marvel knights or early arrowverse style i love that stuff it has great narrative capacity and fun to it but it is a different feel and i felt you captured the four color comic book world that i used to cut up paper bags to make action figures. I, I was broke as a kid. <laughs> so I literally would cut paper bags to make action figures of every superhero I, I, I could find, just to be able to do the kinds of things you have in this game. And it really spoke to that kid who always wanted more supers. I yep. wanted the bang, the pal, the zips, and the zaps. Yeah. And you have given that to me, yep. and that's just in, <laughs> in, the,
3: in the first play test. Oh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like we like to think of it as the tick meets Grand Theft Auto with a little bit of uh, Invincible, like a good Saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe. Our illustrator Max Bear, uh, shout out to Max, has really helped us form our style and our brand and helped us shape the game around that too. We want it to be wacky and fun. You can still play the dark and gritty stuff with the system if you want. That's not necessarily what this is here for. All right, gents, I guess
2: we are up to the initiative portion, so fan roll dice to the ready, and let's mm. see what we got here.
1: Big money, no whammies. Uh, that's an eight for me. Eleven. Glenn,
0: you and I are going to roll off. Because i nice. also have to roll off on my episode, yes. Know, yes. Right? Right. We don't have
1: those often. That's right. Right. Well, Once again, I must chant, big money, no whammies. <laughs> Thirteen. You got it, Glenn, you took me. All right, Glenn, okay. first question
2: of the round's up to you, sir.
1: Fair enough. We just talked about the basics of the game, so our audience is already aware that we're talking about a fun comic style based superheroes game that's going to have the puns and the quips and the crazy, and the playtest that we did at a catacon. In that, one of my favorite things and how the mechanics worked that really made the game stand out and shine to me was the heroes moment, and my character. The Night Shift, who is a Nightcrawler, phasey kind of character, achieved one during the game. And it was explosive, exactly (laughs) like you describe it. So as you were talking about fast, fun, explosive, I was astounded with how powerful that hero's moment can be. So could you talk to us about that hero's moment mechanic, the inspiration behind it, how it works in the game, and what it means to your hero to have one? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. So the
3: hero's moment mechanic, I was doing an MCU rewatch just to do research, and in every single one of the movies, the hero fails at some point, and they learn from that failure. Uh, It's a super important part of any superhero's journey. So once per level, when you roll a natural one, on like a talent check or a superpower attack, weapon attack, gadget attack, really anything you can get a natural one on, you gain a hero's moment. You roll a d12, there's a hero's moment table that you reference the one you got during that demo was the best possible one you could get where (laughs) it was a superpower attack at fifth level essentially with no cost of hero's favor to you so you absolutely wiped the floor with one of the big
1: bads in that demo (laughs) it
2: was 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 iron man snapping with the infinity gauntlet it was was like yeah
1: they They showed up and poof they were dead yeah it was it was crazy It was
3: awesome. And so that's where that comes from. Just like every hero fails. They should learn from that failure and get something to kind of boost their confidence in the future from what they've learned.
1: I love it. And I love encapsulating that piece of a hero's character arc into a game mechanic, because it totally makes sense. We get a lot of fail forward mechanics with rules, light systems, like powered by the apocalypse, et cetera, but seeing it come in and have a direct narrative effect on the game and the hero because that's going to become part of their history their ongoing backstory and their characters development that's fantastic and i really i felt it as night shift that was a powerful moment for me and the character at your table it was awesome yeah, we've had people fail miserably at saving civilians, and
3: that's like a heavy moment on any hero. Talk about getting dark and gritty. <laughs> when a players like having a really right. good time, and they're messing around and they roll a, a nat one on that. And it's, oh, hey, at least you got a
0: hero's moment, buddy. <laughs> As you were discussing that and how that came from the MCU, I was thinking about Thor when he hit Thanos. Thanos said, you should have gone for the head. And then the next time Thor is in that position, he just whoop, and everybody's like, "What?" Goes, "I went for the head." He he learned that lesson one time, <laughs> and he was all right. done with anybody trying to teach him again. Yeah, that's a
3: perfect correlation there. All
0: right, Mr. Miller. So I have a whole bunch of questions. I know one of them will absolutely not be snakes so I'm going to save that for <laughs> last. But what I was going to say here at the early stage of our interview with you and we've known each other now for several months we've talked several times communicate a fair amount. But one of the things that dawned on me that I had never asked you and, and the rest of the, uh, of the team was, what's your story? Tell us your story, how you and the team met, eventually formed Bud Stuff Games, and, and lead right up to the beginning of We Can Be Heroes. What's your yeah, sure. superhero origin story? We're on issue one of our
3: four-part miniseries. Go! <laughs> That's awesome. We started playing D&D together, so we've got six people at Bud Stuff Games. It's me, Smiley, Pete, Ryan, Mikey, and Jesse. And it started off with Smiley moving to Athens, Ohio from Texas. Me and Pete were working at a guitar shop a supply place. Shout out Stu Mac. And Smiley's just like, hey, have you guys ever played D D? We're like, no, but I've definitely always wanted to. So he talked us into it. We had people over at my house. That turned into an absolutely like a weekly thing. We fell in love with it. Cut to a few years later, I moved back up to Northeast Ohio, start hanging out with uh, Mikey and Jesse a whole lot, get them into D&D. Me and Mikey were looking for a superhero version, essentially, like any tabletop game that could do what we wanted to do. There's a 100 other superhero TTRPGs out there, and a lot of them are really good, but none of them were what we wanted. They were either too crunchy, too narrative-based, looking at Mutants and Masterminds, super crunchy, very expansive system and then masks, which is on the other end of the spectrum. There, very narrative forward. And so we wanted something in the middle. So we spent the next two and a half years just building our own Then turned it into a business. I just started really ripping away at the system during the pandemic. The first playtest test we had, we were like, this is actually pretty cool. All right. And it's come a long way since that I was, it was probably hot garbage. If I ever look back at that document, I've got it saved <laughs> somewhere just in case, but.
0: Your hot, hot garbage is somebody's entree. I'm telling you what.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it tasted good enough you kept going
1: back for seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: I really love that story. We talk to so many people whose story begins with. Somebody just said, Hey, do you want to try something? And we said, yeah, let's give it a go. And we enjoyed ourselves and we kept going with it so much so that I think that might be in all its variations, the origin story for nearly all the content creators that we talked to. Sure. Uh, and I think there's something very powerful. It is why I think so many of us as content creators truly connect, even if we're creating very different things or whatever, the willingness to say that's new, new is interesting. I want more, is really the hallmark of what I look for in people and friends, collaborators, coworkers, and it's awesome. I love that story. That seems to be how those of us in this business end up around the people we're around, and I love hearing those stories. It really fuels the fires that I have about
3: what we do. Beautifully said. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, I guess that gets it to my turn here in round one. We've talked about the game. We've talked about your story. I want to get into the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter launches on the 20th right? Yeah. Uh, So about uh, a few days from now, I think it's the Tuesday after this episode is going to come out. So what is going to be in the Kickstarter? What's the base offering? What are going to be some of the add-ons? Like what's going to be in the campaign?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We wanted it to be simple. This is our first Kickstarter that we're running. We're very fresh in the industry. So, the advice we got from a lot of people who have gone through this were just keep it simple, offer what you know you can complete and get done. We're going to be offering the book itself. So, we got the PDF version at the lowest tier and then the hard copy. So, it'll be a hardcover, eight and a half by 11 inch book, complete with an amazing fight scene that Max Bear illustrated. It is ridiculous. It's an all out nice. melee. And then the higher tiers are going to be a mix of digital rewards. We're going to have a coloring book featuring the black and whites of the superheroes that Max Bear has drawn. We'll have higher tiers. We get to play sessions with the developers, build NPCs, and even a high tier where you can build your own superhero or supervillain, name them, get to design their abilities and stuff. And then the highest tier is to have Max Bear do a custom piece for you. And there's only, I think five of those available just Nice. Of the timeline for him to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keep it pretty simple.
2: Yeah. I mean, having done a few Kickstarters now under our belt, I totally appreciate the simplicity. Being able to put together uh, tiers that you know that you can deliver. Uh, yeah. I think that's really important, especially for your first one. So it sounds like you're approaching it the right way. So cool
1: love the idea of a coloring book based on your custom art. That's really that's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's a great idea. And it's so on brand too, because it's right, like right. when you just talk about being able to go ahead and color them and paint them on its own, you're giving people that. And that's awesome. I love that.
3: That's a good point. We just thought it was a cool added bonus, but I didn't even think about it. I give it to my kid and they can fall in love so with these I, super trips.
1: Make each coloring page a comic panel with a little bit of dialogue and stuff in there just to bring it all the way home. That'd be, that'd be cool. All right. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. I can see myself going to go to my local store and pick up some Crayola markers. Cause that's what I used to use. I just love that. They were just wide enough. They had great hand feel and the, the way smell. that the color kind of spread out and the smell and, and get that little bit on your fingers. Uh, see,
1: I probably wind up turning it over to the wife because she does a whole lot of coloring as an adult. It's one of the things she does for her sanity and even has like a coloring Instagram and stuff. So. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not sure if I could stay in the lines
3: myself. If I <laughs>
0: did, I give the impression that anything I did stayed in the lines. That's why I was cutting them out of paper because I colored it first and then I cut, and it looked like it stayed in the lines because I cut everything that wasn't. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we've leveled up our game and we're prepared to make your next role legendary. We've just started a partnership with Fanroll Dice and they have over 300 product options to choose from gemstone metal new liquid core dice and so much more better yet listeners to the tabletop journeys podcast can get 10 percent off on their orders when they follow the link below and use discount code podcast one zero a portion of these purchases come back to us and this is a great way for you to help support the show
2: roll dice to the ready gentlemen for round number two that's a 14 this time maybe i maybe josh you and i are rolling
1: off today
3: (laughs) i got two roll-offs on my episode
1: and i got a 10 so i'll be last
3: all right let's go you get to
0: go next (laughs) (laughs) i might not i rolled a two i rolled a one Um.
2: (laughs) wait i get my hero's moment (laughs) You D12. do. Let's see. Oh, let's, yeah. Isn't yeah,
0: that a D12 right. on that one? It is. He's yeah, rolling yeah, a yeah. D12. And roll yeah. gods be good to Lee Wanika. All
2: right, that's a three on my hero's moment. Let's see. When an attacker effect causes me to take damage, I may choose to remove the damage. That's cool. So I basically just got my soak power. Yeah. So your words can't hurt me. I'm good. I'm still healthy. I still don't get to go first. But yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. To it's like you're could get
1: turn. hit by a truck this turn and you'll be exactly. fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well Uh, well done bringing the hero's moment. And that was fantastic.
2: Always be closing. Right. So, yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: With all this frivolity, let me get back into uh, some, some mechanics. Let me get, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Cause we're a serious, (laughs) very
2: serious show. For sure. Um,
0: no, really, I'm just interested in the development of the game. Superhero games are very cool and they're fun. You mentioned several that, you, that you've that uh, you tried, looked at, played. I know Glenn and I have spent a lot of time. We did a lot of Gerps, which was towards the crunchier side, certainly on the character gen piece. Maybe less so in the gameplay piece, but certainly on the character gen piece, it hit crunch. And that was more of, there are way too many options here, right? But then we've also played the Palladium Supers, and we played a, a fair amount of that, and I really like the Palladium system in general. That's got um, a lot of
1: crunch, though. Palladium yeah, it, does in general. But
0: very crunchy, even for a veteran character maker like myself. Fun to play, but it is not a four-color world. It, it it just isn't. That's just not the nature of that game. GURPS, like you said, could be, but has its challenges just like the others. So it dawned on me that since... You wanted to build a game that was fast, fun, and explosive. What was the very first power or mechanic that your team developed for the game? What was the thing you said, this is going to help me get to that goal? What was that first one that you guys worked on, rolled into, and said, yep, this is the thing we're
3: doing? That's a really good question. And i trying to remember, I wanted to break out superpowers into archetypes. So there's six available. There's uh, strength, agility, intelligence, psychic/slash psionic, nature, and particle manipulation. So those are the six archetypes that I came up with. And then obviously there's got to be superpowers that you can get underneath each one. The first one I came up with was Big Mad, which is Hulk inspired for sure. You go into a uh, type of rage, with some semblance of a barbarian from D and D five something like that, but with enough spin on it, where it's not that at first, it probably was almost just that <laughs> and then as we developed the game and came up with more mechanics, it was just like, all right, this is so much better. Now, I think that was definitely the first thing that like popped into my head. This is an easy one to knock out, right? You're going to get angry. You're going to get stronger and it's going to increase your strength or your attack in some way. And then from there, it was just like, all right, what do we do next? What else is in the strength-based archetype? And then you move down to agility. Okay, got to have the speedster, right? Like, boom, you're in there. And then to intelligence, I wanted some Iron Man type stuff. You know, I need a Tony Stark, a Reed Richards in there. And then from there, I was like, shoot, now I've got a Reed Richards type, but his superpower isn't stretching. It's just he's super smart. Where do I go from there? So then... That brought in secondary powers and auxiliary powers and innate abilities to really round out the whole character creation process. As you guys experience, or will experience, I don't know if this is airing after or before. It's timey-wimey, but it's okay. We've created our characters for the AP already. Yeah, yeah. So you saw that level one is a bit of a slog, but it's not super crunchy. And once we did level two, three, four, and five, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: it's and it wasn't cool. any more than you would have in any game where you have a lot of options yeah, exactly. to customize yeah, right. your character. You had to read through the options to make the best choice for you. It's not that it was crunchy or chaotic. Yeah. It was just processing a lot of information from a new game, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Perfect. I, okay. I would That's a good definitely
0: point. say that and we'll probably talk about this when we do our full on review afterwards but I would definitely say that like Glenn said, with many games if you have an entire player base that has never played the game before, character generation takes longer period. Right. That's just the nature of what we do. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's something as simple as D&D Beyond and 5e or any of the various Power by the Apocalypse games. If somebody has never done that game before at all, regardless of how many other games they have done, it is going to be challenging because they're going to ask tons of questions about every possibility, about every option, and you cannot make that entirely streamlined. That's one of the reasons why they generally suggest bring pregens to conventions because you cannot streamline that for people who have never played that game. However, that doesn't mean it's overly crunchy or too much. As the person who probably asked you the most amount of questions, I can tell you most of that is because my mind naturally thinks if I do this, then what? So I am asking questions, not because anything I'm looking at is confusing, because I need to know what the potential results are. What avenues does that open What avenues does that steer me away from? What avenues does that choice close off? No matter what game you have, that happens. Generally speaking, if you've got all new players and you're building characters with them, if you build three or more people in an hour, you're golden. That's a streamlined system. I think you did a fine job. I don't think it was overly crunchy. I just ask a
3: boatload of questions. That's just me high praise. As long as we've got it somewhat streamlined, we'll we'll be happy. Like you said, you got to make decisions at level one, and it's just like, all right, what doors does this open? What doors does it close? Very well said, yeah.
2: All right, so I've got the next question here, and Spencer, I wanted to talk about your playtest process and your iteration process getting through the rules, because... Being a computer programmer, one of the things I noticed is that the playtest packet that we got, I think, was version 9.4 of the rules, something like that. So that tells me you guys have been iterating this for a really long time. And I think that this would be really important information for folks that are out there looking to go ahead and create their own game, design their own system, and talking about the amount of iteration and change that a brand new game goes through. I mean... like we can tell you the amount of times that we write and rewrite stuff for the content that we produce. We're in the middle of the the writing for the factions book. We're starting to go ahead and read the hundred pages that we've all kind of thrown into the pot here to go ahead and make sure that we pull out the gold. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the iterative process that you went through and what were the big lessons that you learned from that process? How do you decide when to get rid of stuff? Nick, At what point when do you decide to make major changes to the rules? If it's version 9.4 that tells me that you've gone through some major iterations not just minor iterations what do you consider the difference when do you decide that something needs to be massively rewritten how do you decide when to go ahead and keep stuff that kind of thing
3: that is a very good question a very insightful question the process has been super involved so we play test weekly sometimes twice a week when we're lucky to have that availability all of us have full-time jobs and stuff yeah so it's always through playtesting and with six people involved, there have been, of course, some heated debates on many things, especially when we move to a big change. So it just boils down to playtest, playtest, playtest. A good example would be rolling for talents. At first, it was just straight up ripped from the D&D 5e table where you roll for the categories and then it determines within that category what modifiers you get. And that was just so restrictive to building a superhero. So we decided to reverse it. That was like a major change that we had a lot of debate over. And then that's like, all right, so that is version 5.8. We're going to six now. That's a major change. Superpowers always hitting another major change. And that is something that wasn't there from the conception of the game. It was just a roll to attack. But you're spending hero's favor which is a limited precious resource. It's like, well this sucks. I just whiffed on that and I spent one of my three Heroes' favor for the day. So we came up with, all right, well, it's a big swing, but you're going to get a chunk of it somehow some way even if it's not great, it's still doing something. Yeah. Again, that was another cha- a big change. So that brings us to version 7 or something. Yeah. So it's just play test, play test, play test, better a mechanic or scrap it or dial it back. If it bogs down combat or role playing or anything like that, we got to get rid of it. It's supposed to be a fast paced, fun game that you can play an entire campaign or just a one shot and have a blast.
0: Towards that end, and I know we mentioned it at a catacomb when we spoke live, that scenario that we played, that would have been the the end battle scenario. That played out in about an hour, if if memory serves. Like, not. Yeah. I doubt it actually hit a full hour, but it, it might have just because we're cut ups and we like to yuck <laughs> it up
1: and make. Like, well, we, no, we, had, we had extra role playing time to everything we do too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up with the conversations yeah, you know, and the yeah.
0: yeah, and crazy eighties music and action movie jokes. We always do, but for the end battle of an adventure, even though it was just the one scenario for that to be concluded in about an hour. And this is coming from the guy who did one of those. And the whole session took seven hours at a catacomb. We played an earlier version. I don't know if we were playing seven or eight at that point, Uh, but you're at nine and change now. So I can tell you, you were really dialing it in and getting to that fast pace all along. So the fact that what we're about to get into is going to be even faster is something I'm really looking forward to. And also putting on my creator cap, learning from because if you know somebody's got a process that dials it in even if you're not doing that exact same thing all you can do is get better at what you got to do to dial yours in also so a lot of my questions will probably be more because my mind is going, how, how do I do use it? Yeah. How do I get this in? All
2: right, <laughs> yeah. that's hot. How do I take those notes? Or can you say that again real quick? Yeah, that kind of thing. Glenn, before we carry on to your question, I want to ask a brief follow-up question. Okay. Since go I'm a natural one, I want to go ahead and use my my heroic powers to go ahead and- do I'm it. really
1: mad at you, but I can't hurt you about it. So exactly. go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And Spencer, this is more just because I feel like there has to be something that Wound up on the cutting room floor because it just didn't feel right. You couldn't make it work just right. And that probably like sticks in your craw just a little bit that you couldn't get it right. What's the one that you had to cut out, but every time you look at the cutting room floor, you see it there you're like, oh man,
3: I'm sad that's there. That's a, another very good uh, question and a good follow-up to this. It's got to be magic-based superpowers. So mm. time control. We wanted Doctor Strange, like those abilities in this game so bad. And we just don't have the time to figure that out now with where we're at we're about to launch the kickstarter and then it's going to just be play test what we have until it's yeah there's no such thing as a perfect game but get it to a place where like all right so that's on the cutting room floor hopefully we'll be able to revive that into an expansion or something like that yeah yeah like here's all here's six magic powers that are just like totally badass all thought out
2: I, I can imagine that's tough, and in, in a game where you have superpowers, also deciding a magic system—that's a really great example, actually, because I yeah, can imagine sure. how much of a pain in the ass that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Additional
1: powers or archetypes that come up are great ways to expand your game and have expansions yeah. come out. Exactly. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, we we will have a, a stretch goal
3: where we will try to make like two to three more superpowers. So that might, if we hit that stretch goal, then yeah. I'll put awesome. that time in for sure. I'll stay up till two in the morning every night <laughs> if, you guys, if we get like an extra 5k or whatever like, oh, yeah. sure. nice. yeah. uh,
0: if I may Tabletop <laughs> Journeys is here to help you get some playtesting done when you yeah. are ready to hit that whether it's as a stretch goal for this or your next expansion y- you got the number hashtag call your boys TTJ <laughs>
1: hell yeah <laughs> much appreciated yeah. so right. my question for this yeah. round kind of touches on both Lee and Josh's just because of the way that the answers went Not because of their questions, but because of Spencer's answers. I was almost snaked or partially snaked twice, but I've come up with a way to make it still work. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because we had just done the character creation with y'all and it was a blast to come up with it. When I first started out, I couldn't see the big picture because again, I'm learning the rules, right? So I'm like, pick your main superpower. I know I'm going to be a speedster. So that was a no brainer and I got it. I'm like, okay, but now how does the rest of my character come together? But then as the character creation process went on and we added on innate abilities and auxiliary powers, and then the last one we added was a secondary power that I didn't even see coming. I'm like, oh, this is cool how do I work this in, and, and then explain it and how my character works and in the end I came up with by the time I was done a speedster that's similar to a lot of the speedsters I've been a fan of forever because it's one of my favorite superhero types Oh a yeah. uh, huge fan of the Flash and his many incarnations and impulse but the way that the damage absorption power worked in my mind with kinetic energy and the speedster power just created a whole new hero type for the way that I'm going to wind up playing Twitch when we get into our actual play and And it really brought home for me how versatile the way you've split the archetypes and then the different window dressings and the secondary power that are going to go on to how your character interacts with the world through their superpower, far beyond the simple name Speedster implies. And when you're talking with Lee Wanika's question, you were talking about that a little bit because you brought up the secondary powers and the innate abilities and how they let you finish fleshing them out. And then we were talking about Josh, you hit the magic-based powers in Doctor Strange and not being able to build that and it winding up on the cutting room floor. But all of those don't answer. They just inform my question of... Yeah, a lot of preamble, I know. (laughs) But as you're going through playtesting, part of it has to be not even in gameplay, but just in hero builds, taking existing superheroes that you and your coworkers, co-creators are fans of and being like, all right, let's see if we can build them with this system of powers and innate abilities and auxiliary powers and secondary powers that we have. Let's see if we can do this hero justice. Assuming that I'm right, My question is, what are some of your favorite builds that you felt the the classic superhero came out that really did them justice? And how did it come out through the rules? And then as an alternate question, which ones have you found you struggle with? Obviously, Doctor Strange is one, but the system has got a huge potential for variation and uniqueness between heroes. But I know there's got to be areas where you struggle a little bit to recreate something from the comics or from a movie. So could you talk to that a little bit and talk to us about the different builds you've come up with and the ones you've struggled with? Absolutely. So I'll start by saying
3: I was a little hard headed when we started creating this game where I was like, I don't want to make a game where people can make superheroes. They already know. And then luckily I was talked into that. That's a dumb idea. (laughs) Because <laughs> people are going to want to create uh, their favorite superheroes in a superhero TTRPG, at least so, a variant, yeah. or at least a variant. Yeah, we spent uh, a good while uh, building some cool versions for our favorite heroes. Uh, one of my favorites was Thor, and then Batman was probably my favorite. I chose
1: the terrifying, Breach, charge. yeah, one of my favorite superheroes of all time. Oh my continue. gosh,
3: yeah. So I chose the terrifying charge superpower, which is in agility. Because he's not super strong, he's pretty intelligent. So I, you know, made sure that his intelligence score- talents were all pretty high, and then I gave him some like extra combat boosts and a analysis boost through aux powers, and then secondary power I think was stealth specialist. So that was really fun to build Batman. He's uh, top three favorite superhero of mine for sure. And then Thor was really fun. It's hard to get super strength built in when you want flight too, because exceptional strength and flight are both secondary powers. You only get one throughout your build. So it's like, all right, how do we make that work? We created like a weight class and size class table with a certain muscle score. You're able to lift this much. You still get pretty exceptional strength. Then that exceptional strength secondary power is just, oh yeah, I can lift the card. No problem. There's some challenges building classic heroes that i love martian manhunter is a good example of somebody you just can't build in this game and that might be uh, a detriment to our system but no game's perfect or an opportunity
1: for a future expansion or an opportunity for a future expansion yeah but that's a hero that can just do so much you're just like i would imagine superman would be tough too because you got flight stronger than anyone in the world and invulnerable
3: yeah exactly so that kind of brings to the point to this game is more of a you start off as a street level hero and then you do eventually at level 20 and you're a demigod for sure. You're able to change the fabric of reality with some of the powers. It's pretty wild. <laughs> right. But yeah, Batman and Thor, two of my favorites that I've made so far.
0: Two things I wanted to say at this moment. One, I've once again been snaked by our guest answering a question that Glenn has asked. (laughs) Fortunately, (laughs) I do have a backup. That one question, I I know nobody will snake. But I think it is a true statement in almost every single Supers game I've ever played, except GURPS. It is impossible to build Superman or one of those quote-unquote Omega-level X-Men-type characters. And the only reason why it's even possible in GURPS is because GURPS is a point-based system. So you can simply say, build whatever you want with 1,000 points. So you can do that, but if you're playing a 1,000-point game, everybody gets that. You can okay. build the Silver Surfer, you can build Galactus, whatever. You just decide how many points you want. For Warhammer 40k fans, you can build in, you can build the Invincible Army if you have 4 million points and your opponents only have 20. Yes, that's the way that works. In any kind of game that is not about a point build, you can't build certain things. And I think anybody who's truly into or been playing supers, they get that. That's just the way that is. I imagine an expansion where you could say, okay, let's play Kryptonians. You could have one, and then you just the conceit is don't play
3: these with those,
0: <laughs> and, right. and then you then you just have that, and then you can allow for all that craziness.
3: Yeah, there's got to be a challenge, right? If you're Superman, he's rarely challenged unless the writers come up with some you know, reason why he's being challenged. The,
0: the challenge for Superman is always how something is impacting those around him because right. he will always survive. It's Is he able to exert his will, have a good family life, do these other things? It's why Superman and Lois is such a great show because they mm-hmm. actually show that. It's, it ain't about if you can stop him. It is about how's he doing that and still being a dad.
2: All right, we've got through our two rounds of questions. I think we're probably just about at time. But you seem to imply that maybe you've got like a burning question. So why don't you ask our Patreon-exclusive question this evening? So for our normal listeners, we're going to step aside to go ahead and do our Patreon-exclusive question with Spencer here. And if you are interested in learning about that, please go check out www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys to figure out how to get in on the Patreon-exclusive content and all the other awesome benefits that we offer to our Patreons, including our monthly Patreon your games all right spencer it's awesome having you back on awesome to see you again man it really really a good time yeah. let our, our audience know so first of all where can they find butt stuff games and how can they go ahead and find the kickstarter when it launches in a few days
3: Absolutely. <gasps> Budstuffgames.com. That's our website. B-U-D-S-T-U-F-F-Games.com. That'll have a thousand links pop up right away to take you to our Kickstarter page. Perfect. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads now. It's the new one. Nice. And uh, yeah, just to find our Kickstarter, follow it uh, ahead of time so you can get notified on launch. Those, those numbers are always great to see climb we're at like 438 i think last i checked 435 something That's like that awesome. so we're getting nice. some good traction there that is hot yeah we're real real excited
2: Spencer thank you very much for taking some time this evening to go ahead and speak with us really looking forward to getting together in a, in a few days here to go ahead and uh, run through another scenario yeah. that will be appearing on the channel here uh, very quickly so again just uh, for everyone out in the audience tonight was the interview portion next week starts the, uh, the character generation piece first and then some actual play running through scenario with them and then after all that is done Glenn, Lumanika, and myself will come back to review the game play and review the book and everything like that. Spencer, it was awesome to go ahead and talk to you. Thanks very much for taking some time to go ahead and uh, chat with us over here on Tabletop Journeys.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really great luck on the Kickstarter. We'll be we'll be watching when it goes live next Tuesday. Thank you. Absolutely. I can't say enough how much
0: I love what you guys have put together. You and the whole team just really have made a wonderful game that has been so much fun for us. I can't wait to keep, to get to play it some more and to keep being able to play it uh, on a more regular basis. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the king of, king of the castle when I uh, bounce into my local game store and say, hey. I got We Can Be Heroes. Let's do this thing.
2: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you go to Kickstarter, check out We Can Be Heroes. I was just follower number 444, so really looking forward to go ahead and picking this up when it comes out. So thanks again, Spencer. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again uh, next week when we will get into the actual gameplay of We Can Be Heroes. Until then, have a good night, everybody.
0: Later. Good night, all.
2: Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
1: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at TT Journeys, joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. Check it out today and see all the awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify,
0: or Audible, You would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for Legends await.